All content discussed on Hypochondriactor are the individual opinions of Dr. Priyanka Wally and Sean Hayes and should not be construed as personalized medical advice. By listening to this podcast, you agree not to use this podcast as medical advice to treat any medical condition in either yourself or others. Consult your own physician for any medical issues that you may be having. This entire disclaimer also applies to any guests or contributors to the podcast. I'm Dr. Priyanka Wally, medical doctor and stand-up comedian. And I'm Sean Hayes, actor and hypochondriac. It's safe to say that I'm not America's first hypochondriac, but I am America's first hypochondriactor. Hi. Sean. Yes. I am so happy to see you. I went to the Grove yesterday. Okay. And holiday season at the Grove. I mean, we know holiday season is now over because we're in a new year, but... Have you been to the Grove? Yeah, it's it's like a faux North Pole. I mean, it's kind of amazing. It's like Disneyland meets Las Vegas. Yeah. It's like if Disneyland and Las Vegas had a baby, it would be the Grove. Well, that's called Los in Angeles. Los Angeles. Yeah. Yes. Oh, my goodness. I was overwhelmed. I was like, I might as well be in Italy. You know, yeah. I couldn't understand. Why well, have you just... never been? Had you never been to the Grove before? Oh, I've been but to not the Grove Christmas. lots of times, but I've never been to the Grove during holiday season. And holy smoke! Yeah, what if you showed up to the Grove and I was Santa Claus, like just on my spare time? You know, that would be the most comforting <laughs> thing to see you in Santa Claus. Like my nervous system would get calmer if I saw uh, that. Uh huh. I know, right? But was it fun? I mean, do you do you like that? Do you like the holidays and Christmas I, and? Well, I, I like it in small increments, yeah. you know, like I can't do that all the time, but I can do that in small doses. How about what is it when we were a kid? We just couldn't get enough of all of it. Yeah. Shiny things, right? I guess so. I, do kids feel the same way about the holidays now than we did? Or is it different? That is such an interesting question. Yeah. I know. Right? We should just pull a bunch of two-year-olds. Because as you get older and you, you kind of, we touched on this one time on an episode a long time ago, how, wasn't it mathematically figured out like or scientifically figured out why the feeling of time gets faster as you're older. Uh, right? Do you know that or no? The perception, the perception of time. The time goes faster. Yeah. There's a uh. reason now. They figured it out. Like, I can't remember what it is, though. So Interesting. So go oh, Google well, it. I guess I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we'll have, to, we'll have to figure that out. But speaking of perceptions, yeah. we have yeah. Deepak Chopra today, which is amazing yeah, unbelievable so it's gonna be not one but two indian doctors i know right <laughs> when i thought one was enough i'm just looking forward because this is going to be such a wonderful opportunity for me to work through all my indian dad issues <laughs> <laughs> oh i'm sure he'll love that <laughs> um, wait can you believe he's written over 90 books i know it's prolific i it's can't believe wait i don't what's... even know how you do that because if you write a book a year yeah. You know what I mean? You literally have to write more than one book a year in yeah, order otherwise, to put, I'm not, those And I've stats. never been good at, na- at math, but you'd have to be over 90 years old. Yeah. <laughs> right? With over yeah. 90 books? That's one a year? I mean... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, something like that. I mean, that's that's wild, so... So you, you almost can't not have read one of his books by accident. Yeah, like, yeah I remember yeah. reading them when I was much younger. <laughs> Before you were born, right? Before like... I was born, right. No, but wait, are you reading any books now, by the way? Do you I'm hate always that question? reading books. I yes. know. God love you. I'm always reading books. I do a lot of books on tape because yeah. it's easier because I'm traveling or I'm driving around. Yeah. Um. So one of the books that I literally actually just started yesterday, it's called The Mastery of Love. Yeah. And it's by Don Miguel Ruiz. And yeah. it's an expose on love, what love is, and like all of the things that get in the way of us experiencing love. So it's oh. a lot a lot to do with the 
fear that gets in the way of love. Yeah, I love that. This is about loving yourself. This is about oh like, well, your... I wrote that book <laughs> and then I burned it. I couldn't oh. learn from myself. <laughs> yeah, no, this is really about kind of self inquiry and our perceptions and 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 really about enjoying our lives. Yeah, yeah, and loving ourselves and external relationships. You know, it's it's just a reflection of sort of how you love your own self anyway, you know? Yeah, yeah. I love that kind of stuff. What What about you? What books are you reading? What am I reading? I don't really read. Oh, I read, well, this great book called The Stolen Child by Keith Donahue. And, okay. um, well, I just, I read it a while ago. And um, we we optioned it to develop it. And so. Oh, how exciting. Yeah, it's so good. You would love this book so much. It's Okay, cool. Check it's, it out. It's, it's fantastic. It's about how these, um. There's so much to talk about it, but it's, it's what is this, a book club like podcast all of a sudden? Uh, no, it's about like identity and feeling, um, again, who are you? Who do you uh. think you are? Who do people perceive you are? It's about these uh. changelings, these like goblins that live in the forest and they oh, interesting. steal another child's identity and they swap bodies with this kid. Oh, wow. So the goblin grows up to be human in real time and the kid that they stole the body from is now a goblin and he's forced to live for eternity amongst all these other goblins. And they live amongst uh-huh. us. We just don't see them. They live in the forest. Yes, and they of course. Live off the yes. land and blah, blah, blah. But it's a fascinating story. Anyway. Okay. That sounds really cool. Is it like yeah. a long read or a short read? Or... Oh my God. It's super like interesting. Every other chapter is from the point of view of the of the of each character from the goblin uh-huh. and then the human and then the goblin. Oh, and I the love human. when they do that. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, it's, it's fast. It's easy, fast, good, and loving. It's so amazing. That's cool. Right. Incredible Writing author. it down. We'll check it out. Thank yeah, you yeah. for the rec. Sure. Okay, so before we get to our amazing Deepak Chopra, should we listen to a couple of our listeners? Let's do some listeners. Yeah, I always okay. love it. Let's do it. So so this first one is from somebody named Molly, and we wanted to add a disclaimer, uh, Priyanka. Yeah, so the following message does contain some potentially triggering information about child death. So we just wanted to give that disclaimer before you listen. If you don't want to hear about that, just fast forward by about a minute or two. Hi, guys. This is Molly calling from Park City, Utah. It's snowing outside on October 20-something. So I had the craziest thing happen to me about a year ago. I call it an actual full textbook mental breakdown or um, what do they call it? Nervous breakdown. I felt like I was having about three strokes per week. I could not walk up my stairs. Turns out, They diagnosed me with vestibular migraines. My inner ear and my eyes stopped working together. The storm in my brain disconnected and my eyes were trying to do all of the work of sensory input. I was like trying to sleep with an eight pound dumbbell on my forehead. Wow. Anyway, it was all related to a lot of trauma in my life. My Uh. two year old daughter passed away a decade ago, she choked on an apple in front of oh, us, no. the election, the pandemic, and well, I completely lost it. So I had to recover with all these eye exercises like I was recovering from a brain injury, even though I didn't even hit my head. I'm happy to be alive. Thanks for all you do. Love ya. Wow. Yeah, Oh, Molly, my God. That's I'm a lot to I'm happy unpack. you're alive, too. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it's like, I wonder if, you know, with all of the trauma in her life, Uh 
First of all, I just want to say people like even myself, we throw around the term nervous breakdown, like around like, oh, my God, I'm going to have a nervous breakdown. I'm in traffic. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm, and it's mm-hmm. like it's a it's a real thing. Like I, I have is, somebody that's yeah. really close to me in my life that's had one. Mm-hmm. It's a clinical thing to have a nervous breakdown. Yep, I know that's absolutely. the general term and you can probably dive a little deeper into what that is. But I wonder, Priyanka, if all that trauma that she held on to, mm-hmm. I wonder if she went through therapy, if she didn't go through therapy, if she needed another outlet to talk about the trauma even further than she did. And and Mm -hmm. whatever the result of that was made her have a nervous breakdown. Well, you know, the presentation of the nervous breakdown was what the medical system will diagnose as vestibular migraine. And if we know anything medically about what triggers migraines is that stress can trigger migraines. And we know post-traumatic stress is literally that. It's a kind of stress. Yeah. How people experience the post-traumatic stress can show up in different ways. Uh-huh. And so given the severity of all of the things Molly described, this sounds like she was obviously caring so much. Yeah. And at some point, her body had to manifest the stress in a specific type of presentation, which was the vestibular migraine. Yeah. And I agree with you. First of all, Molly, thank you for having the courage to come forward and even yeah. like share this story yeah. because that already is so much yeah. to offer this to others. Because a lot of people choose to not talk about it and it's even, it gets worse. So yes, to echo what Priyanka just said, Molly, it's so uh, courageous of you to just kind of speak openly about your tragedy. So yeah, it absolutely helps. And it also kind of normalizes this idea that, you know, when we experience trauma, it gets stored on a cellular level in our bodies. Mm-hmm. Part of the healing of that trauma is that it needs to be released from the body. Yeah. So this is why, you know, and and one of my mentors, Gabor Monte, talks about how talk therapy, if only done from the neck up, is just happening on a cognitive level. You actually can't go deeper into the body to do the healing that needs to happen in trauma. So talk therapy only goes so deep. So deep, right, right. That's interesting. So now on a related kind of thing, it's interesting. So obviously the tragedy of her daughter is unimaginable. Absolutely. And then she had mentioned politics or something, I think, an election or yeah, something like that. Yeah, the election, the pandemic, yeah, which all that stuff. turned political. Right. Yeah. And so, because I just said this to Scotty the other day, mm-hmm. when I read something political that I don't agree with, or it doesn't have to be political, it can be something in the news or some kind of opinion from a journalist or whatever, that I don't agree with, that it really gets you going. It really kind mm-hmm. of sits inside it. your body. In your body, and you're, yeah, yeah. And you feel it and you're like, well, I got to change this. What do I do? What do I do? Maybe mm-hmm. I, you know, mm-hmm. and it's, it, it, then, like you're saying, it sits inside your body, whatever the stress is, uh-huh. um, whether it's a big event or a small event or just reading an article or whatever it is. Right. So mm-hmm. to your point, it's like it's so wild you just brought that up because I just said that. I'm like, I don't want to read that stuff. I don't want to watch this stuff sometimes because I don't know where to get it out of my body. I don't know how yeah. to get it out of my yeah. body. Yeah. I mean, this is why it's so important to process things somatically through your body. Yeah. It can be anything. You know, Resma Menakin talks about this in his book, My Grandmother's Hands. He talks about different practices, somatic practices that people can do to discharge that energy. Yeah. Whether it's something like using your voice, like humming Uh is a way to regulate your vagus nerve Um, movement. Yeah, exactly. Like uh, Like movement or phonating, like moaning, making noise. Oh, Um, Exactly. Like, oh, See, I feel the, better. 
Yeah, uh, you feel better. So these are just some very brief examples of somatic practices that anyone can do. Yeah. But sometimes the stress or the trauma can be so massive that it can present as these types of stories like a vestibular migraine where you yes. get dizzy, vertigo, right. headache, light sensitivity, all the things, right? See, so, And so this is why I love Molly's call and I love Molly because look at uh -huh. what we're talking about because she talked about it. Yeah, 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 exactly. Once you open up just about any tragedy or trauma or whatever, you start talking about the things that are on your mind or that bother you or that are bottled up or whatever. It releases. It releases it and it gets other people talking about it. Then it becomes even less and less and less. So Molly, yes. thank you for the Molly, call. Molly, thank you. And one last thing that I just want to remind like anyone is that, you know, healing is nonlinear. Mm -hmm. When we heal from traumatic events, it's not going to happen in this graceful, linear way. There's going right. to be ups and downs. Right. There might be, you know, regressions. There might be relapses. That's part of the process. But it doesn't mean that you're not on your healing path. You know, Eckhart Tolle talks about this. Regression is sometimes necessary for progression. Oh, I love that. So, you know, I just want to honor Molly. Thank you for sharing yes, that. Thank and you, thank and you. again, I'm happy you're glad to be alive. Yeah, likewise. So let's listen to our next caller. Um, it's from somebody named Jandra. Hi, Sean and Dr. Wally. Uh, my name is Jandra, and uh, I have a little story about something called dermatographism. So when I was 13 years old, I was with a bunch of friends playing basketball, and someone accidentally threw the ball, and it hit me in the face. Oh, God. Um, and I didn't think anything of it. It stung a little bit, but then I moved on. But somebody looked at me a few minutes later and let out quite a yell. So I went in and looked uh, in the mirror, and uh, half my face was, like, welted uh, and disfigured. Oh. It didn't oh, hurt. I didn't feel like I broke anything, but it was, it was swollen. So I went to the doctor and found out that I have something called dermatographism, so I have, I guess, a histamine reaction, and uh. every time something scratches me or hits me or pinches my skin, I swell up. Wow. Uh, this hasn't been complicating my life in any way. In fact, it goes away within 15 minutes, but it is a really great party trick because if I just take like a little sharp object like a pen and I scratch someone's name into my forearm... Within a few minutes, it's nice and big and swollen uh, and, and looking good, and everybody comes to check it out. Um, That's crazy. So, yeah, I'm not sure what made me start this at 13 years old, and mm. uh, it has never gone away, but I manage it, and some Benadryl if I want to make sure I get ahead of it. Right. Again, uh, thank you so much for what you do. I love your podcast. Oh, well, thank you, Jandra. Yeah, That's, thank you, Jandra. Uh, well, first of all, Sean, can you imagine what kind of party that would be no, if you're doing no. that as a party trick? No, it like, sounds hey, like, want to like see a... your name written on my arm? <laughs> what? It reminded me of, like, Exorcist. Have you ever seen the movie The Exorcist? I have never seen The Exorcist. Oh, you I'm haven't. too they, scared to. <laughs> they, pull, they pull up her shirt to uh -huh. look at her stomach, and it looks like branding, like what Jandra's discussing. Oh, wow. And it says, it says help me. Oh, my gosh. That sounds... Isn't that horrible? It. How are we allowed to watch that movie as a kid? It was awful. I wasn't. I literally wasn't allowed to watch that movie. That was but, awful. Uh, so, der dermatographism, also known as dermographism, literally means to write on the skin in Latin. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, it's harmless, right? Like, it goes away after a half hour. What if she took the pen and just actually wrote the name? 
I mean, that. then then that's just uh, <laughs> graphism. <laughs> that's not dermatographism. Um, yeah, this is like one of the few medical things that are actually like kind of fun, you know? Yeah, like, right. Because it, it doesn't cause lasting harm. It's like a quick little thing. And yeah. That's wild, though. So the the skin, it's like, like branding a horse. or But for just a half hour. For just yeah. a half hour, 15 minutes. That's yeah, wild. Yeah, it's so interesting. Um, part yeah. of me wants that, but part of me doesn't. Well, you know, they don't really know what causes it. Yeah. And like Jandra alluded to, they think it has something to do with histamine, which uh, basically is something released by these cells in your body called mast cells, which is a type of white blood cell. Uh-huh. And it's interesting that Jandra said she turned 13. So, you know, I wonder about like puberty hormones, if that had anything to do with changing the mast cells. Anyways, it's just very interesting. She should just write all of her like license uh, information, <laughs> like her license number and her all that stuff. <laughs> so she doesn't have to dig in her purse for it. She just show her forearm. And and her license, not like all of her ID stuff or is like, on there. You know, when someone needs your social security, yeah, for, that's what I'm saying. You know, like I don't know, tax purposes. You could yeah. just instead of like, you know, just write it on your arm and yeah. it'll or disappear pull up your stomach and minutes. it just says, "Help me." <laughs> oh my gosh, Chandra, thank you for the call. Thank you. Uh, what a really cool story. We love listening to your messages. Please, please keep leaving them. The number is one three two three five two nine sixty thirty one. Again, three two three five two nine sixty thirty one. Please keep sharing them. Let's get to our guest. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know when I feel my best? I feel my best when I'm playing with my dog Ricky outside. We're going for a walk. I'm spending time with Scotty. Like I'm around the people that I love and love me. Those are the types of things that help me get to my best self. And when you're at your best, you can do great things. But sometimes life gets you bogged down. You may feel overwhelmed or like you're not showing up in the way that you want to. Working with a therapist can help you get closer to the best version of you. Because when you feel empowered, you're more prepared to take on everything that life throws at you, right? I am living proof of that. If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, flexible, affordable, and entirely online. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. If you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Hypochondriactor today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Hypochondriactor. There he is. Oh, my gosh. We're so excited for our guest today. He's a clinical professor of family medicine and public health, the founder of the Chopra Foundation, a senior scientist with the Gallup organization, and still found time to write over 90 books, as previously mentioned. It's the amazing, unbelievable, I can't believe he's here, Deepak Chopra. Deepak, welcome to the show. Look at this guy. Thank you. It's nice to be with you guys. Yeah. Even the hello, nice to be with you guys is relaxing me. Oh, my gosh. And the background. Let's just talk about this background for a minute. Very zen. Very like uh, feng shui. It's beautiful. I'm just feeling so peaceful. Thank you. Yes. And Deepak, you're going to have a field day with me. You speak at about a 10 mile an hour range. I speak at about a 95 mile an hour range. That's okay. That's okay. Oh, good. I love it. What you like to do, and I do what I like to do. I mm. love that. And see, everybody yes. gets along. Everybody gets along. So now, I read yeah. a couple of your books in my younger years, and I even listened to your medications you did with Oprah, like, you while ago. medications. I... You mean meditations. Oh, I said, no. <laughs> what did I say? Mitigations? You said medicate, medications. When <laughs> when you medicated <laughs> Oprah back in 1993. Yeah, I was yeah, right there with really you. really had a big impact no, on Sean. Your medi- Sean, did you take your meds this morning? <laughs> I did. My Synthroid, I took oh. it. 
Okay. Um, yes. But I know your meditations that you did with Oprah when I go for a walk. But I want to ask you, so 90 books you've written, my God, I can barely even get through writing a text to Priyanka. Where did... This is true. Obvious, like, big general question. You get it all the time, but I've never met you, so I want to know. And by the way, it is such an honor that you're here. I just want to mm-hmm. say that. Like, yeah. huge, huge, huge honor that I'm even looking at you and talking to you. So this is Likewise. really wild yeah. for both of us. Um, yeah. Where did the deep-seated desire to help all of humanity come from? What was your inspiration as a kid? What opened up your eyes and said, wow, this is fascinating to me. I want to learn more about this. Well, as a kid, I had two major influences. One was my father, who was a cardiologist. Actually, he was a cardiologist to the Queen of England, who just passed away. Wow. Yeah, wow. um, He was also an adventurer. He landed the first plane in Tibet when... uh, uh, China and India were at war, and he was actually looking at people's hearts while people wow. were fighting. Yeah. So he was a great inspiration. But the bigger inspiration was my mother, who was a storyteller. And hey. every evening she would tell me and my little brother stories and always stop at a cliffhanger and say, <laughs> why don't you dream up the rest of the story, make it a happy ending, Okay. make sure it's a love story. So those were the two major Mm. influences. After I got into medical school, I started to smoke and drink uh, uh, alcohol. Mm -hmm. And uh, then that got a little worse in my internship and residency. Okay. Uh One day I had just put in a pacemaker in a patient and uh, put him on a ventilator, then walked out to the ICU, went outside the hospital and lit up a cigarette. Uh That was my moment of revelation. (laughs) Wow. I cannot uh-huh. help anyone if I can't help myself. So I threw away my cigarette. You're like, I've got to switch from Marlboros to Camel. Is that the revelation? <laughs> no, I, I used to I used to promote Lucky Strike. Oh, wow. wow. Oh, you were like, when they say like four out of five doctors recommend Lucky Strike, that's you it. were one of those I, doctors. Yeah, oh, okay. my God. That's, wow. the only that's way hilarious. We get, that's the only way I could make a living because we didn't get paid as interns. Right. $202 every two weeks. So $400 not enough to pay the rent. Anyway, I threw my cigarette, never touched alcohol, fixed myself, and decided to fix the world. Wow. Isn't that amazing? There are so many interesting aspects to this story because you started drinking and uh, smoking when you were a medical student. And I swear to God, the first time I tried marijuana as well, I was a medical student. You know, prior to that, I was completely like you know, by the book, there's something about med school that has a very bad influence on people and it turns them to all these substances. So, yeah, you know what? My my smoking started because in anatomy uh, class, the dead body smelt of formalin. And, That's true. And so I, to make up for that, I smoked uh, cigarettes because that smelt a little better than formalin. <laughs> oh, interesting. Okay. I would I would just put Vaseline right under my nose. Your bottom? To like oh, neutral. Your nose. Yeah. No, like I would just put it like right on your upper lip. <laughs> and then I'd wipe a little on my butt. The bottom, right. I was good of to course, go for gross anatomy. Said. That's why they made it. Um, <laughs> Deepak, so uh, first of all, I have to ask, are you, because you are so, like Priyanka said, we all know who you are. We all know what yeah, you do. Prolific. Yeah, yeah. Pro- absolutely prolific. Being who you are now and growing spiritually, 
mentally into the person that you've become today. Is there a certain type of personality that you recognize when you meet somebody that you're drawn to or repelled from that you Mm. want in your life as a relationship, a friendship, or can you spot immediately what, you know, nice person, don't want anything to do with that person. And if so, what are those traits? No, I actually am okay with any person that I meet because I think they're doing the best from the state of consciousness they're in. Yeah. Uh, I I don't really judge people in that. Because we do. We but uh, I um, <laughs> I prefer to keep the company of people who are joyful. Yes, hang out with other joyful people and who yes. want a difference. Yeah, same. I'm same. I love that perspective. Yeah, I do too. It's not rocket science. It's like yeah. hang out with the people that. Why wouldn't you pick joyful people? But I also just want to name that you're coming from a very compassionate place by assuming that people are meeting you at the level of their consciousness. They're doing the best that they can. This is something that can be very challenging to implement, especially when we meet other people that have different ideologies or different belief systems than us, especially like in the United States here and the politics. It's so easy to cancel people and write them off. Right. to really welcome other views that might be differing is very challenging, especially if those views could harm you. Right, right, right. Yeah, right. you know, it takes a little while to get used to that. So I've stopped getting personally f- offended by people uh. because uh-huh. I realized if I took them seriously and got offended, I'd remain offended for the rest of my life. Right. So, yeah, you know, that's true. Now, but, but I'm still responsive to feedback. I don't mind criticism anymore. Oh, good, because I have a list. Okay, so number one, I'm kidding. Uh, (laughs) In chapter three of this book. (laughs) Well, talking about your book, so your 93rd book. Wow. Called Living with the Light, which came out January 3rd. First question I have, Deepak, what is your process of writing? You know, because Sean and I were talking before the show, to write 93 books, literally, if you did a book a year. You'd be 93. You would be 93 years old. So you're clearly producing many books a year yeah. i would love to i am the listeners and we're all curious like what is your process and where's the drive come from so you know i ask myself questions every night before i go to sleep some uh. of them are simple like um, who am i what do i want what's my yeah. purpose what am i uh-huh. grateful for but then i ask myself some questions like why do we exist yeah. Uh, Why is there a universe? Uh-huh. Why do we have a universe that's hard, uh, you know, mathematically fine-tuned for mind, life, and our existence? What is the meaning of it all? And I don't expect answers, but when I wake up in the morning, I have a few ideas. So I sure. write them down uh, in a notebook. And actually now somebody gave me an electronic notebook where uh-huh. I can do fancy things with it. And then I actually dictate them into uh, my phone and okay. send them to some editor and he types them. And then uh-huh. I look at the manuscript and I keep doing this on any subject that interests me. And uh-huh. then it turns out at the end of the year, I have three books. So, you know, oh, I, wow. Yeah, that's amazing. And just like that. You know, this is such an interesting strategy because so many people, like, we all just watch Netflix at night, you know, yes. and if we actually just sat and, you know, thought about right. life 
and wrote it down, we could all write 90 I lo- books. I love you that know? you said, uh, you know, some of the questions are simple, like, who am I? What, <laughs> what do I want? Yeah, because those are really... But you know, actually, Sean, who am I is the most difficult question to answer. Of course. Of course mm. it is. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Because it, it's... I feel like I'm a million people and things, you know? I, and I can't uh-huh. nail it down, which is why I'm in therapy. By the way, that's the biggest hallucination that you're a person. You are a million personalities yeah. folded into a package of skin and bones. Yeah, right. Uh, this is just a vessel that we're borrowing. And that's, that's I, I totally so get then, that. So then along that vein, Deepak, like if there are certain identities that let's say you have been given by sheer fact of maybe the body you have, the color of your skin, how do you deal with those parts of yourself that maybe you're struggling to accept those identities, those different um, parts, if you will. I'm curious about your take on that. Priyanka, it's been a lifelong process, so I don't identify with any of my identities. Mm -hmm. Mm. You know, they're all provisional. If you say I have a body, then you have to explain which one. You started as a fertilized egg, then you were an embryo, Mm. then the baby, then a teenager, then now this, all the way to dusty death. If you say I'm my mind, then of course I can't even remember what I was thinking last Thursday at three o'clock, so I couldn't right. be my mind. If right. it's mm. not that important. Right. If I'm my personality, I hopefully I'm not frozen, otherwise I'd run for president. Right. So, you know, um, <laughs> so, so yeah. I, you know, the shortest answer is I don't know who I am. There's a, right. But it's a great way to get out of paying taxes. It's like, I'm not, a, I'm not a person. I'm not a person, so I'm not yeah, filing. I, I'm not yeah. a person. That's hilarious. You know, there's a poem of Rumi where he was asked, the great poet Rumi asked, who yeah. are you? He said, nail me down in a box with cold words, and that box will be your coffin. I don't know who I am. I'm your own voice echoing off the walls of God. In other uh, words, wow. I am who you think I am for the moment. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, That's totally. I mean, and, you know, we're always any person we interact, our perception of that person is just a reflection of what's going on in our own stuff anyway. Yeah. So yeah. we're always just mirroring back and forth to each yeah. other, which I love makes that. for an interesting existence. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's get to the medical stuff, because that's why you're here. And that's well, it's not it's one of the reasons why you're here. But yeah. um, and I, I could ask you 10,000 things. I, I mean, it's just yeah, so fascinating. Speak, speaking of health stuff, I mean, it's it's so clear that, you know, you're a longstanding meditator. You've taught it. You've mm-hmm. you know, I'm curious in terms of your daily routine. Do you meditate daily? If so, how long do you do it for? Mm-hmm. What's your kind of daily routine? like? Because we have to take care of the vessel, even though we're not bodies. We're not identifying with it. But, yeah. But while we're here, we have so, to. You know, two things since uh, Sean mentioned medical stuff. I'm an endocrinologist and a neuroendocrinologist uh-huh. and a specialist in diabetes. And over the last 40 years, I've realized that our model of identifying specific diseases and then looking at the etiology and finding the treatment actually is a totally incomplete model. If you look uh-huh. at any chronic disease, less than 5% of chronic illness is because of fully penetrant genes. Uh, Uh less than 5%. The remaining 95% is what we call epigenetically modified. The Uh 5% that is from gene mutations, soon we'll have other technologies for that, like uh, CRISPR. So what I've now concluded after 40 years of looking at this is that all chronic disease, all chronic disease, doesn't matter. 
not, I'm excluding the 5% that are genetically determined. Uh-huh. Sure. But otherwise, all chronic disease, including autoimmune illness, cancer, uh, degenerative disorders, neurological diseases, Alzheimer's, is related to inflammation, metabolic syndrome, wow. and stress, period. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. if you look at inflammation in the body, which is measurable, you can directly yeah. correlate it with stress, and you can directly correlate with things like depression, anxiety, and um, that's okay, you're just, where... You're describing me. You're the describing world me. is on sympathetic overdrive. So in the last few years, this is true. what I've been focused on is something that science doesn't usually focus on, is the parasympathetic nervous system and a nerve uh-huh. there, which we uh-huh. call the vagus nerve, which yep. is the yep. healing nerve. Prior, so, crack, you know, during the pandemic, that's all we did. We created technologies to activate... Uh, Vagal tone, and those uh-huh. include things like breathing techniques, toning, sounding, uh-huh. emotional and uh, social intelligence, yoga, and uh-huh. interoceptive practices, and pratyahara, and uh-huh. and vocalization. And we found a, a dramatic decrease in inflammation as measured by the markers. And we even published a study in Nature with a Nobel laureate one week of this practice and people's genes that regulate homeostasis and self-regulation went up some 17 uh-huh. Wow. Uh-huh. Genes that were associated with disease, including Alzheimer's and cancer, went yeah. down. The enzyme telomerase went up by 40%. This regulates how long we live. Okay. We published this study in Nature, and now it's been replicated with everyone by other people in, in other institutions. And so my routine basically in the morning is two hours of meditation, yoga, breathing, and uh-huh. the rest of the day doing what is fun, period. Wow. So playing. So yeah. having fun and well, playing. Well, that's yeah. unbelievably fascinating, everything you just said. But, but, but eventually, every person, otherwise known as a human being, also known as just a being, is uh, going to die, Right. So person is going to die, but you're not going to die. As long as you think you're a person, then you'll die for sure. Right. No, I agree with that. I know I get that and I agree with that. But eventually something will happen to the vessel that we occupy. Correct. So so I, I, I hear what you're saying about the inflammation and and stress and all of that stuff. But eventually even the great, amazing, incredible Deepak Chopra will pass away from something medical, right? Not sure, Sean, because in the tradition I come from, and now the science is supporting that, that I'm not talking about the 5% fully genetically yeah. determined, uh-huh. which for which I, I'm 100% sure there are going to be gene editing technologies in the next decade or less. Wow. So okay. in the tradition I come from, and now the science is supporting it, people should, if you can make chronic disease optional, then you should choose uh, what you call a elegant exit, which is you tell your family and friends, been there, done that. You go into what is called Mahasamadhi, which is the big meditation, and uh, you leave with elegance. Wow. Wow. And I, I, I know people who do that. So yeah. I, okay. my intention as well. I love I mean, that. So- if, I love zooming that. out a little bit, I mean, what we're essentially talking about, or what you're talking about here is really a shift in paradigm in terms of in terms of identity but also the way we are dealing with 
wellness right now, at least in the medical system. I mean, it's almost like looking at our current medical system like a flat earth model. And you're talking about like, hey, the earth is actually round and it's it's much yeah. it's much bigger actually, than that. Priyanka, I differentiate between wellness and well-being. So wellness uh-huh. is what you get when you go to a doctor. You, you don't even get that. But at least uh-huh. you get some biometrics, your blood pressure, you know, things like that. Skin thickness uh-huh. and inflammatory markers, cholesterol levels. That's wellness. Well-being uh-huh. is a state of consciousness where uh-huh. you experience at all times a joyful, energetic body. At Mm -hmm. all times, a loving, compassionate heart. At all times, a creative, quiet mind. And at all times, lightness of being, which Uh means just this moment as it is. No regrets, no resistance. Uh Just what Uh we call flow or peak experiences become peak living. Yeah. So, you know, you're talking about a state, a specific state. It's it's whether you want a, a state of joy, state of flow. You know, people have historically described achieving these states using techniques like meditations. There have also been a subsect of people that say that they get in touch with states like this when they work with substances like psychedelics. And just for reference, I'm involved at the psilocybin trials over at UCSF, and I'm mm-hmm. I'm uh, also going to be involved at the MDMA trials for PTSD at the West Los Angeles VA. So I'm curious about your view on that. Um, I know you've publicly talked about working with psychedelics, but um, I, I would just like to, to hear yeah, kind of like... Where... I, I work with a neuropsychiatrist from um, uh, Oxford, England. She's an MD, PhD, but she's now at YU. Her name is Gita Wade. And we look at all the research on psilocybin and other things right now, ketamine. And uh-huh. actually we are yeah. doing research on what is called terminal lucidity. Also, uh-huh. chronic inflammation, chronic disease, also in depression. Uh-huh. But my most interesting um, reason for being involved in this is actually to understand what is called fundamental reality beyond the uh-huh. perceptions of the conditioned mind. Because we know now that the psychedelics, they decrease the activity of a part of our brain that's called uh, the default mode network, DFN. Uh-huh. And this is the neural correlate of our ego identity. And when you actually decrease the activity of the default mode network, as these things do, people go beyond their personhood into an expanded awareness where they feel that they're one with all that exists and that they lose their fear of death. In fact, uh, very recently I took one of my agents who was with me for 40 years. She's... Um, just passed away from a brain tumor. But uh. one week before she did pass away, I took her through a experience with ketamine and uh, uh-huh. assisted with the neuropsychiatrist. And she was totally lucid. She was joyful and wow. actually looking forward to her transition. Wow. I want some of that, and I want to put it in my cereal in the morning. Oh well, uh, <laughs> no. you definitely don't want to be eating when, oh. when when you're taking it. So, by the way, you see that painting behind me? That one that yes. I'm putting that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, Leary uh, as he was passing on an LSD experience. Oh really? Oh wow! Oh wow! 
So I'm curious. So you have experience with plant medicines. Is that something that you work with on a regular basis or was it something you did just once a couple of years ago? Uh, or, I did yeah. uh, that in uh, Peru a few years ago and it was a very extraordinary so-called out-of-body experience, which uh-huh. actually should be a real experience because there's no evidence that you're in the body. That's a socially induced hallucination. The in-body experience is the anomaly, not the out-of-body experience. Oh, right, right. Mm. Wow, wow, wow. I love that. Wow. So speaking of an out-of-body experience, Sean, <laughs> should we move to the should we move to the game? Yes, it seems fitting that <laughs> go from all of this life and death talk to a game. Let's play a game. In the spirit of fun and the spirit of joy, let's play Dr. Wally's Hall of Fame. You're each going to get three questions. And if you don't know the answer, take a guess because I give possible points for creativity. Sean, you're up first with the first three questions. Are you ready? Yes. First question. There are three major types of blood cells, red blood cells, white blood cells, and platelets. Yeah. Which of these is the smallest in size? So I got a 33% chance. Yes. I'm going to say platelets just because it's got the ets at the end. Okay, well, that's correct. Yes, okay, platelets good. are the smallest. You know what I mean? Like a plate cell. would be yeah. a big one, and a platelet would just be like a little plate. I love that. That's thinking. what you serve dessert on, and the big plate <laughs> is the entree. Okay, next question. There we go. There we go. Okay, second question for Sean. What was the name of the first non-English language film to win Best Picture at the Oscars? I'm guessing here. Das Boot. Das no, Boot. No, the boat. No. No, it wasn't Dust Boot, the first non-English language film to win at the Oscars. Oh, 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 oh. Yes, no, I know it. It's called, it was just a few years ago. Yeah. Yeah, it was the Korean film. and it That's was correct, called, yes, it was Korean. Um, it's called The Something. It's just one word. Yes. I can't well, remember what no it is. Well, there's no the in it. It's oh, just it's one called, word. All right, what is it? It's uh, Parasite. Parasite. Oh, I, yeah, yeah. Ugh. Okay. Which, by the way, Close. they mentioned the, the, the kid in that movie went, goes, is like, I just went to Illinois State University. And I was like, oh, oh my yeah, God. Oh, yeah, that's I, such a random. They, I know. In that movie, they said the name of my school. I was like, what? <laughs> and he's like, and I met Sean Hayes there. Yeah, I'm like, oh, and then they cut that out. Okay. <laughs> okay. Third question for Sean. Which character or actor did your character kidnap on your guest appearance on 30 Rock? <laughs> oh, uh, it was Tracy Morgan, but I don't remember that his is name. correct. It was yeah. Tr- Tracy Morgan who was playing Tracy Jordan. <laughs> Tracy Jordan, right, right, right. Yeah, so hey, that's not correct. so bad. I kind of got two yeah, and a half. You got two. You got two. Well, two. You got yeah. two. Okay, <laughs> okay, okay. Deepak, is it all right if I call you Uncle? No, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to call <laughs> you Uncle. <laughs> okay, all well, right, Deepak. What's call, that? Call you it? Yeah, it's from the bit. The it from the bit. Oh, the it from the bit. Okay. Okay, first question for Dr. Chopra. What is another name for the disease called breakbone fever? Malaria. That is incorrect. Dengue, the answer dengue, is dengue. That is correct. Ah, it's dengue. Nice, it's nice dengue. save. Nice yes. save. Sp- spread a mosquito-borne viral disease. Very good. Okay, second question. Which country hosted the 2022 Men's Soccer World Cup? Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, give me a second. Uh, Portugal? I'm probably wrong. How about I that know is, this? And I, th- I don't watch Portugal. sports at all. Yeah. I, it's Qatar. That's correct. It is Qatar. Yeah. That's wild. Okay. Oh, no, Qatar okay. or 2022. So I would yes. 
I was there. I should have said that. I, I thought you were talking <laughs> of a year before. No, no, no. 20... <laughs> See, okay, I, yes, I, don't was... tra- I don't track time. So, of course. Okay. Oh, of course. Of I course. The flight just... back. That's, that's all we watched on the Patriots <laughs> right. Airlines. I, I, I don't try. That's what I tell a cop if he pulls me over. I don't track time or speed. Right. Yeah. I got that right. Okay. So yeah. I, okay, won't, okay. I won't accept a wrong answer in that. Wait, what about not identifying? What happens yeah. to not? Okay. Third question. You taught at Boston University. What is BU's mascot? No idea. <laughs> okay. Uh, do you want to take a guess or should I a, guess? A, a wildcat. Well, it couldn't be a BU. Okay. Let me take a guess. Um, a dolphin. That is incredible. <laughs> it's a Boston Terrier. Oh. But wait a minute. So, so we kind of have. So, if I'm giving you Qatar and you Tengi, this too. So we have a tie. tie. So now we're gonna okay. go into tiebreaker round. Okay. This is hilarious. So first person to answer correctly or close enough wins. Are you both ready? Yes. Okay, Deepak, are you ready? Yeah, I don't care about winning though. Okay, okay. Okay, good, I do. All right, okay. Tiebreaker question. Which month is known as World Mental Health Awareness Month? November. That is incorrect. It is not November. And it's October. It's October. That is correct. It's October. (laughs) It's October. I I had no idea. Sean, you didn't want to guess anything. I I, I was going to say January, but I October. (laughs) I've been giving speeches about the mental health. You see, I don't track time. Timer timer speed. Yeah, it's amazing. But you know what? Despite tracking time, you won. In the nick of time, you are in Dr. Wally's Hall of Fame. And I know you don't care about winning, but. Uh, welcome, welcome to Yay. the club. John, you can have my medal, whatever. Okay. Oh, there we go. Yes, <laughs> okay, that's the one Deepak, of the perks. I have to say, first of all, thank you for being here. We're going to let you thank go. Thank you so much. And your time, yeah. I know, is valuable, even though you don't measure yeah. time. Thank you. Uh, yeah. The time to us is valuable. And uh, But truly, I could talk to you for hours. I just think you're incredible, fascinating being. And um, yeah. you've, you've given me, even in this short time, things to think about. And it's really Absolutely. kind of interesting. Thank you, Sean. Yeah. Thank you, yes. Brianga. Yes. Absolutely. It's such a pleasure. And it's always so nice to meet other physicians who are working towards shifting the paradigm in the way we are working towards well-being and, and kind of for the whole world. So thank you so much. A pleasure to meet you. Always a joy. Thank you. So, yeah. Take right. care, Deepak. Thank you. I mean, yeah, we're like looking at what? each other speechless. We're, we're, we're st- I mean, like we just spoke to someone who, you Is know, better than transcends. Us. <laughs> well, come on, Sean. I think we have a lot going for us, don't no, you? Um, we do. Uh, but yeah, my God, wow. Like, Deepak Chopra, like the Dr. Deepak Chopra. When he talks about stuff, though, doesn't it really like, I was like. It goes deep. Yeah. It goes really like, deep. It's kind of yeah. fascinating like to not think of ourselves as like, a body or a mind like we're like so then what else is there it takes a load off don't you think i mean yeah. there is no small talk with deepak chopra let Forget me ask it. you something when he yeah. said when he said i could just unpack everything he said everything but we, we gotta everything. wrap this up yeah. but when he said he helped his friend who's unfortunately yeah. dying yeah, yeah, from yeah. cancer yeah, yeah which is very sad that he helped her with the ketamine with ketamine and then he said go to a bigger meditation or something is that was that code for pass pass away or I don't understand like yeah exactly when he said prepare for the biggest meditation which is basically transitioning into the other realm yeah, I see got yeah. it got it that was wild and she became joyous and looked forward to 
the yeah, next yeah uh, that's so fascinating yeah. it it is it is a very interesting medicine in that way you know john hopkins published the study where they took people who had 6 months to live yeah. they had terminal cancer diagnoses and they gave them all psilocybin and they measured their relationship with death and basically majority of the people in the study found that like they were much more comfortable with the fact that they were going to die after those experiences. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, we do live in a society where like we don't talk about death. Right. It's something we're all going to go through. Right. Whereas right? I just I just learned this the other day, like Egyptians, you know, way, way, way thousands of years ago, they celebrated. I mean, they were yeah. like, it was <laughs> like a thing to look forward to. Did we talk about that? No, I told you that. Yeah, you told me that. <laughs> look, at, I don't measure time or people or speed or space. Here, I, I love how you're <laughs> like, let me tell you something about the ancient Egyptians, okay? <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> right, because like, we yeah. were talking about going there. That was several weeks ago, oh, so give me a break. so funny, Sean. Wait, I oh love my... you to bits. <laughs> And it's, I love our listeners and I love our callers that came in. Thanks again to Molly and Jandra. Yeah, um, Jandra. And It From The Bit. It From The Bit yeah. was fantastic. And, and Dr. It From The Bit, Deepak yes. Chopra. Fantastic. Guys, thanks for listening. We really appreciate you. Until next time, don't worry. Be healthy. Bye. Bye. Hypochondriactor is a Hazy Mills production hosted by me, Sean Hayes, and Dr. Priyanka Wally. Rebecca Eisenberg and Todd Milliner are our executive producers. Production and editing is by Rabbit Grin Productions. Original music by Scott Eisenogle and Leo Rosner. This is a Hazy Mills production. All content discussed on Hypochondriactor are the individual opinions of Dr. Priyanka Wally and Sean Hayes and should not be construed as personalized medical advice. By listening to this podcast, you agree not to use this podcast as medical advice to treat any medical condition in either yourself or others. Please consult your own physician for any medical issues that you may be having. This entire disclaimer also applies to any guests or contributors to the podcast.